athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. We've got so much to get to on today. The NBA playoff series are extremely compelling. You know, let let me say this. For those that are listening to us here on the program for the very first time, on this program, we do a lot of different things. So we're going to talk, you know, we'll talk some sports. We'll talk um, some entertainment from time to time. I think we have some really, really good uh, conversations. I like to call them conversations as opposed to interviews with uh, from with names you know and names you don't know that we like to introduce you to. Of course, we're going to talk uh, HBCU sports. So we have a really good time here on the program. So I want you to relax for the, about the next 58 minutes and enjoy the show, particularly if this is your first time listening to us on the program. I read an article the other day that said that with the, the cuts that ESPN um, uh, is having uh, across the board, in terms of, of cutting staff and so forth. And really, the article talked about how ESPN radio has really, really been affected um, to some degree. CBS Sports Radio has been affected as well. And and, uh, and, and maybe Fox Sports Radio, not so much because of the, 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 get the hosts that they have. But I'm going to tell you what. Box to Row uh, has been around for... Almost 18 years now. We're not going anywhere. We are 30-plus radio affiliates strong. Thank you to those affiliates across the country that carry our program. How about Hot 97.9 FM uh, out, of, out of Raleigh, WAUG, the only original affiliate that is still carrying the program, was with us. On August 20th of 2005 and still rolling with us towards the latter part of April. So while sports radio uh, across the board uh, may be, may be uh, fading a little bit, going down because of all these podcasts. Yeah, we podcast too. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got a couple of podcasts. We've got the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, which, by the way, is going to begin uh, towards the latter part of July. That's going to ramp up. Towards the latter part of July, remember that's Monday through Friday from uh, the latter part of July through uh, the rest of uh, December, the rest of the football season. So that's going to ramp up. We've got uh, the podcasts on our on, on our rep website where you can listen to any of our programs that you may have missed uh, over the weeks. Boxer Row's not going anywhere. Okay, 18 years strong, 30 plus affiliate strong. Sirius XM channels 141, 142, and 84. We're not going anywhere. So a lot to get to on the program. 
Lamar Jackson got his money, $260 million over five years with $180 million guaranteed. Want to say first, got to acknowledge the passing of Harry Belafonte, the great Harry Belafonte. I mean, you may know him as a singer. You may know him as an actor. You know, what stuck out to me over the course of his career and, and just in one that really observes and is a is a really a fan of history. Like, I love history. I love really talking about how things were because I think sometimes if you don't, and I believe this, if you if you don't, if you f- try and forget or you forget history, uh, particularly the bad history, you're deemed to repeat some of those bad things. Um, I choose to remember um, Harry Belafonte as, um, as as an activist and specifically a civil rights activist. I mean, whenever you saw those protests, the sit-in, well, not necessarily the sit-in movements, but the marches uh, with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and others, you saw Harry Belafonte right there. Now, you had actors that were there, and a lot of them, sometimes you had some that were less visible, that gave money to the movement, uh, right? Because especially at that time, if you're, if, if you're black specifically, uh, and you're, you know, you're part of that movement, but that can go against you in Hollywood or the music business. And it may have in fact affected Harry Belafonte to some degree. I remember watching a movie a couple of years ago with him in it. And it was about, it was him and two other guys. And they were like, I don't know if they were, I can't remember if they were bank robbers, but they were kind of shady characters. And I think one of the things that they were going to do was rob a bank, but they were into some shadiness. Um, and again, it was a movie I saw a couple of years ago, but that was in the fifties. And then, you know, I've got, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge collector of records, of vinyl records. Okay. And the older ones, I don't get into reissues. I'm not about the reissues. If it's not the original print, I'm not about it. And I've got a couple of Harry Belafonte albums as well, mostly from the fifties. But see, when he was part of that civil rights movement, uh, uh, in the sixties or those civil, civil rights movement in the sixties, you didn't, I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure he was in some films, but not like some of the films that he was in, you know, more so in the fifties where you have a, you have a person like a, a you know, a Sidney Poitier who dominated Sidney Poitier, like dominated. I'm not even talking about black actors. I'm talking about actors uh, as a whole. He was one of the dominant actors uh, of the sixties when you're talking about Sidney Poitier, but I, I was just thinking about Harry Belafonte a couple of weeks ago. I thought about him a lot uh, once when Sidney Poitier had passed away because, I mean, those two are sort of uh, sort of aligned in a lot of different respects. And so that's a big loss. Harry Belafonte lived a long life, no doubt about it, but that is certainly a big, big loss when you're talking about Harry Belafonte. So I definitely wanted to acknowledge that. So, you got a whole lot going on. Uh, the the National Football League draft round one was on Thursday. We'll talk more about what the Panthers did and maybe what your favorite team did uh, during the course of uh, of the and what your teams have done or what the teams and maybe your team has done to this point in the draft. But specifically talking about the first round. I mean, Aaron Rodgers as he did. Last year and maybe even the year before, I mean, he's always a topic of conversation around draft time. And we knew this deal, we thought at least, uh, this deal between the Packers and the Jets was going to get done. It has gotten done. 
who won that who won that trade? I think both sides benefited immensely from the trade because I look at it like this. And I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if you're the Packers, I mean, yeah, you could you could you could you maybe the Jets don't want to give up but so much although the Jets did you you swapped first round picks and then also the Jets gave up a second round pick, but if Aaron Rodgers plays in 65% of the snaps, which, I mean, it's no way that that's not going to happen, that second-round pick becomes a first-round pick. So I think the Packers did well uh, because of the draft picks that the Packers got, but the Jets obviously did well because the missing link for the Jets was at the quarterback position, and you add a guy with some other pieces that, that they've added uh, in terms of the wide receiver room, and that defense is going to be, I, I think it's an elite level defense. I, you know, I, I, for me, when you say top five, I think it was definitely a top five defense. But I think what hurt the Jets defense a little bit was its offense, was the, was the Jets offense. Because while it was numbers wise a top five defense and it was an elitish type of defense. I mean, I don't know, you know, was it in fact, numbers wise, it was a top five defense, but, but was it in fact a top five defense? So, but I think with the offense getting much better, adding an Aaron Rodgers, adding all of the receivers and the pieces that uh, the Jets have added, it's it, the Jets are now instantly contenders. Are the Jets Super Bowl contenders? I don't know about that. Uh, I think even if Aaron Rodgers is great, I mean, you know, so many other teams in the AFC, you got to start with the Chiefs. I mean, you've got, you know, just in the division, it's going to be rough. I mean, you've got Buffalo, you've got Miami, you know, you look around, you've got the AFC West, you've got to know Denver's going to be better this year with Sean Payton as the, as, as the head coach there. Um, and, you know, I don't know about the Raiders, but the Chiefs, the Chargers making the playoffs, Jacksonville uh, did well. Will the Colts, Colts bounce back? So there's so many question marks. I mean, I, I would venture to say maybe, you know, top five for the Jets, fringe top five. Are they are they a Super Bowl contender now with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, if you want to – everybody almost is a Super Bowl contender, right? We, we, we really don't know. But, I mean, they got exponentially better. So, I mean, they got to be top five, fringe top five right now, uh, the New York Jets. So, we can talk plenty of National Football League, plenty of NBA. Um, look. I, I lost some respect, and, and, and we'll catch up with Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, on next week on the program. I lost some respect for Dylan Brooks. He called LeBron James out, called him old, and has has said much of nothing since then. Because after he called him out, LeBron had twenty, you know, in excess of twenty points. I think it was what twenty five points, twenty rebounds. The Lakers won that game. Before that game, he went up. To, Aaron, to uh, Dylan Brooks, said something to him, and Dylan Brooks looked shook, okay? So, and he hasn't been right ever since then. But what got me was, and I, I didn't lose respect for him on that front. I didn't lose respect. I thought it was great that he was, you know, he was he, he was boastful and talking. I thought it was great. It's that he didn't speak to the media afterwards because well, I wanted to hear from him. I, you know, you talked all that smack. What happened? He did not speak to the media, so I, 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 I lost some respect for him uh, f on that vantage point. Um, but look, we got some great series. The Knicks ended up winning 
their series. Uh, wow, what about Jimmy Buckets? Jimmy Butler has been absolutely tremendous, tremendous. That's not your typical 8-1 matchup, so I don't really look at it. I mean, it, it is an upset, but not like a huge, it's not like the nugget, the Nuggets knocking off Seattle in 94. Like, to me, it's not that type of upset, uh, but it was a big win, and, and Jimmy Butler, huge for the Heat, so we can talk a little bit more about that also today on the program. I want to talk some XFL today on the program. Joining, the, joining us today on the program is a gentleman that you'll know has joined us for many, many years here on the program, but uh, now in a new capacity, Reggie Barlow, former head football coach at Alabama State, at Virginia State, now, of course, the head coach of the D.C. Defenders, best uh, record in the XFL, going to join us today here on the program. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we roll on. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Are you worried about your taxes? Okay, so I'm talking to those of you out there that have not filed in a few years with the IRS or state. It's time to get worried, and here's why. The IRS is getting back from their own COVID lockdown, and they're hiring more enforcers, and they're going to come after people that owe taxes. So if you're a 1099 worker, and maybe you just plain forgot to file your taxes, you need to call the professionals right now at the tax helpline. They are experts at knowing the tax regulations and their goal is to help you pay as little as possible. Call right now and get a 100% free tax evaluation. Remember, before the IRS knocks on your door, knock on our door. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, make this free call right now. Call taxes 321 now at 800-797-0891. 800-797-0891. That's 800-797-0891. This segment of the program is brought to you by Live Natural Alpha Omega 7. Live Natural, formerly known as Alpha RX Plus, black owned and operated and assisting couples since 2012, offers effective solutions for men and women. Alpha Omega 7, Fertility Candy and Eve's Alpha 8 all come with a money back guarantee. Check them out at live-natural-7 com and maintain harmony in your bedroom live natural now back to from the press box to press row with Donald Ware
Still to come here on the program, DC Defenders head coach Reggie Barlow going to join us on the program. DC Defenders had the best record in the XFL, and as a matter of fact, going to play for the Northern Division against Seattle on Sunday. Again, Reggie Barlow, the head coach of the DC Defenders, going to join us on the show. NBA playoffs have been absolutely tremendous. And look, the Nick. I was surprised that that was the. I thought that the Knicks and Cavaliers would be the best series, but it turned out to be the most surprising series with the Knicks winning that series, four games to one. We know about Donovan Mitchell. I, I you know, I, he, the 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 Cavaliers just they didn't play well. I mean, that's just the. I mean, the Knicks played well. Like I don't want to take anything. I don't want to take anything away from the Knicks. Because I thought the Knicks played extremely well, but I don't think the Cavaliers uh, played well at all. Okay, um, you know I, I thought we may see a little bit more from Darius Garland, uh, not as much. I mean Mitchell had some games, but I mean you're talking about a Cavaliers team that didn't play well. Now this is the thing though: when the Knicks are good. Now we're now over we were talking about national radio a little bit earlier. Now we got to hear about it on National Sports Talk Radio about how great the Knicks are, particularly coming out of New York with the New York hosts. And it's like, okay, great. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the Knicks at all. I mean, I think the Knicks have been tremendous throughout really the course of the season. I thought to me, I thought the Knicks I thought the Cavaliers were the more talented roster or had the more talented team. But, I mean, the, where the Cavaliers had the more talented team. But, I mean, Jalen Brunson has really been good. R.J. Barrett's starting to play. It started to play later. You know, Julius Randle wasn't great, but they, you know, they just came together as a team. And I thought it was an absolutely tremendous win for the Knicks to be able to win that series. And we'll see what happens, you know, against the Heat, who won their series Probably weren't supposed to win the series, but Jimmy Butler. I can go back to 2014. Remember when the Bulls, I remember when the Bulls played the Wizards in Washington, covered the game after the game, went in and had a, uh, it was a, you know, a lot of reporters around Jimmy Butler. And that was 2014. So that was nine years ago. And he was good then. He's great in the playoffs. Clutch player, hit some big shots. And I I don't know. I think the Heat gonna win. I think the Heat are gonna win that series over the Knicks. And we'll talk, you know, we'll talk some more NBA uh, as the program progresses on. Let's continue here on the program. As a matter of fact, our guest, no stranger to us here, he's appeared on the program many years. His eight seasons as the head football coach at Alabama State, his six seasons as the head football coach. At Virginia State, also played in the National Football League and won a, a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is the head coach, of course, in the XFL of the D.C. Defenders. He is Reggie Barlow. He joins us here on the program. What's going on? Been a while. What's going on, Coach Barlow? Yeah, it's been a while, man. So I uh, appreciate you letting me come on. I appreciate that all as well. 
I'm glad it is. No, we we appreciate you because I know this is busy time for you. I think the last time we talked to you was obviously is when you were the head coach at Virginia State not that long ago. So your team is nine and one in the inaugural season, if you will, of the XFL. You're doing uh, really well. Just your thoughts uh, on the way the season is going to this point? Yeah, we uh, we're happy uh, where we are right now as a team. Uh, obviously, you mentioned our record uh, nine and one. Uh, to get to be nine and one, uh, you have to populate yourself with good people. Uh, I think uh, we have done that. We have Vaughn Hutchins, who's our director of player personnel, Stacy Johnson, who's our team operation person, and then we've hired and got ourselves some good coaches, coordinators, and assistant coaches, and then there's the players. Uh, we did a good job, led by Vaughn Hutchins, of selecting these players, guys that fit uh, what we were looking for, and the players have really bought into – uh, our style and who we are, our dash philosophy, and they've done a good job for us, and uh, that's where we are. Yeah, I watched your game. I mean, you got a you got a got a good team. I mean, I watched the game. I believe it was the game against um, Arlington. I believe it was the game against the Arlington Renegades, where you guys it was a kind of a close game, and you were really able uh, to really pull that football game out. What, what is you know you you talked about the the not only the personnel. Uh, but your coaching staff, your 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 player personnel people, um, et cetera. But w- what's for you? What's this inaugural um, year been like in the professional ranks as a coach? Yeah, it's been really cool um, to see everything come together. Uh, we started from ground zero. We didn't have any players and any coaches, and just to be able to put all of that together uh, to mend all of these personalities. Uh, to jail as a team over the course of preseason uh, training camp uh, meetings and all that stuff and to see what these guys are now uh, genuinely care for each other uh, protect each other uh, they've really become a, a close-knit group and uh, we we love coaching them and uh, they love playing for for us as coaches I mean, I know you're the head coach, but you mentioned all of your your people that have assisted you. But you got to give yourself some credit. Like you're the general manager of of the of also of the DC Defenders. Yeah, I mean, I, I hey, uh, obviously head coaches get all the credit and all the blame, and that's 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 really cool with me. I just know for me to be in my position, um, and, and I'm so humbled and blessed that. Uh, our ownership and our executives gave me this opportunity uh, to be a head coach in the XFL. And, right, we all make each other better. Like, I am the head coach that I am because of Greg Williams, who is a longtime NFL head coach and coordinator because of Fred Kites and Al Vance Robinson. And we tried to sprinkle our staff. A lot of people don't know this is, we have about four HBCU graduates on our on our staff. We brought uh, about five guys that coached with us at Virginia State. That's a part of our staff. Uh, many of these guys have coached HBCU football for a long, long time, and they're getting an opportunity to show that they can coach, that they know football, and that's been really cool to see. Reggie Barlow is the head football coach of the D.C. Defenders of the XFL. He joins us here on the program. The Defenders and the Seattle Dragons going to get together on uh, Sunday. The Northern Division is on the line in this game, correct? 
It is. It is. On the line, it's uh, you, you win, you get a chance to advance on. So, wow, it's real cool. Yeah. What, what did it? How did this opportunity come about? You were the head coach at Virginia State having some success. The next thing I know, you were named the head coach of the D.C. Defenders. Yeah, so there was an article written by this outstanding guy, um, Scott Pioli, who was a longtime general manager in the NFL, won Super Bowls, have had a lot of success. And he wrote an article on minority coaches um, that he thinks deserves an opportunity to coach in the NFL, either as coordinators or as head coaches. And obviously the list had lots of really good coaches um, that was on that list, guys that certainly have put the work in and deserve an opportunity. And what do you know? Barbara Ann's boy from Montgomery, Alabama, fell on that list. Uh, my name was on there, grateful to Scott, who's a friend. Um, and from there, uh, the people, the executives uh, of the XFL kind of reached out to pique my interest. And we had multiple conversations and Zoom calls and uh, talks and um I guess we said enough uh, for them to say, "Hey, let's 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 give this guy a try." And I'm, I'm so grateful for the XFL. It's the league of opportunities. Uh, more people, minorities, uh, females, uh, getting opportunities to really show uh, that they can be a team operation, that they can be a director, player, personnel, or they can be a head coach. So uh, this has been really good. It's been rewarding. Uh, it's been a blessing, and we're proud to be a part of it. Had you ever had any any opportunities uh, to be? I know, obviously, you played in the league, a solid player in the league, won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, obviously, coming out of Alabama State and having the success that you had, not only as a head coach at, at Alabama State, but also, uh, you know, you coached the likes of a, of a Tavares Jackson, who we'll talk a little bit more um, about as an assistant coach at Alabama State. Any opportunities prior to this to be a head coach um, on the professional level, specifically? Not a head coach, but a coach, uh, uh, specifically in the National Football League. Yeah, I've I've interviewed, I've had a sit down with a head coach or two um, during my coaching career at Alabama State. I think it was maybe twice um, with um, I think Denver one time and in the Cleveland Browns back in the day. Um, but you know, obviously uh, they you know decide to go in another direction, which. That, which happens right that that does happens but um but yeah that, those are the only times i've had like uh our uh, opportunity for you know head coach or coordinator to meet me and see who i am as a coach and as a person you're listening to from the press box to press row that is the voice of steph curry your progress from davidson to now with golden state where i've come from in high school into a small d1 college at davidson uh it's a great story and uh i'm just having fun you know living my dream and riding the ride that of course the voice of bianca belair est is in the building that's what sasha banks and i are going to do we're going to uh, WrestleMania, we're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I would say representation is it's not a request, it's a requirement. And I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest days of them all. And, and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, 
and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. <laughs> encouraging people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up in sam just because i wanted to major in business and sam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do nba all-star chris paul that was great to bring it back to one salem state university uh black college something that my city had never seen before may never see again and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melogs. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Winston-Salem State, I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a... No big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was playing for Coach Day. He gave me the keys to, to the car, and I was driving it in first eight games. And you know, being a part of something special like that, and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one, is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. 
DC Defenders head coach Reggie Barlow joining us here on the program. Is this, I mean, can you speak to not 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 only or necessarily uh, for yourself, but you mentioned it. Generally speaking, uh, opportunities for black coaches, specifically uh, minority coaches, maybe perhaps um, a spring because everybody's watching. That's the thing. Like everybody's watching the National Football League executives and coaches and all that are watching as well. I mean, perhaps a, a springboard uh, to be a coach in the National Football League. I mean, can you speak to that and, and what that means? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be offended by that opportunity. <laughs> um, I think, right, just as the players are getting a chance to show their stuff, I mean, every, every one of these guys have the desire, and that's why they're planning to go and get a shot at the NFL. Many of them have already had a taste of it. They've been to an NFL camp, but made an NFL team a year or two or three years. Um, but, yeah, you want the opportunity to go and compete against the best. Um, I would love that, not just me, but there's a lot of coaches that are coaching in the XFL that want to coach in this league and show that they can build uh, a team from – the ground right uh from uh the players the director team operation and player personnel and just putting all that stuff together and then like i said mending those personalities so uh i wouldn't be offended by an opportunity to go and lead and be uh, a head coach for an nfl team i've actually enjoyed it alabama state alum former alabama state head coach former virginia state head coach also currently the head coach of the D.C. Defenders in the XFL. He joins us here in the program. The Defenders had the best record uh, in the XFL. The Northern Division Championship uh, is on the line against uh, the uh, against Seattle uh, on Sunday. Can you speak to some of the, I mean, the the the, the some of the the differences between like what happens or, or, or not just not necessarily the, the players, but like some of the day-to-day stuff, some of the facilities, et cetera, between like the XFL and then, you know, your, maybe your time at Alabama state and some of those type of things. Like what are some of the, some of the differences there? Well, the, the latter part of my career at Alabama state as a coach, uh, I think we had, if not the best facilities, probably the top, five facilities in FCS football. They, our, our school had really stepped it up, and the facilities was good. I'm not sure if you know how we are doing this here, and as I explain it to people, it gets a little weird for them to understand, but we'll do our best. All eight teams are in Arlington, Texas right now. We operate on an everyday basis out of Arlington, Texas. When it is time to play our home game, we fly to D.C. the day before the game. We play the game. Uh, against whatever opponent, and then we fly back to Arlington, right? Now, the other part of that is the team that we're playing, we're all on the same airplane. Wow. So, yeah, so a lot of people don't know that, but our league, our players, our coaches have been extremely respectful of each other, right? Somebody has to win, somebody has to lose, and you got to get back on the plane and that type of stuff. But uh, it has worked out, and it is what you make it. Uh, the facilities that we are using here, uh, obviously in Texas, the state of Texas, high school football is is high demand, and they have some of the nicest facilities uh, that you would ever imagine. So uh, we've been good from a facility standpoint. Um, and for us, it's just, 
this is an opportunity, so we're not going to uh, have mental clutter and complain about what it is. We're just excited that we have the opportunity. We're making the best of it, and um, it's been good for us. A couple more thoughts with Reggie Barlow, the head football, the head coach, uh, that is, of the D.C. defenders of the XFL. So Tavares Jackson, uh, Isaiah Crowell, Taryn Jones, you know, Greg Jenkins, Nigel Carr and others all under your tutelage played in the National Football League. Um, I mean, and to me, that speaks to the opportunity that you should have maybe have been given as a coach in the National Football League, but you're getting that opportunity as a head coach and general manager in professional football. But can you speak specifically uh, to Tavares Jackson, the way you, uh, you, 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 you tutored him, of course, rest in peace to Tavares Jackson and, you know, how really special a football player he was at Alabama State. Of course, went on uh, to be part of that uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Tavares is, one, he was my friend. He became my friend, right? At one point, I was his mentor. Uh, and then as he finished school, graduated, went and played pro ball, we became really good friends and spent a lot of time together, and we sure do miss him. Uh, but he was an amazing talent. I mean, this guy can make all the throws. He was big. He was strong. Uh, he had athleticism. Uh, football IQ was outstanding. He was just a solid, solid football player solid guy um he uh it Tavares is actually the last HBCU quarterback to be drafted if I'm not mistaken yes and he drafted in the second round so to get drafted in the second round uh during those times and of course he was able to start there uh but it was great coaching him uh obviously I was transitioning from playing to coaching from being a receiver to coaching quarterbacks and uh I learned how to be a better coach under him because you don't coach the thing that you're not so sure uh, to speak on, right? You just coach the stuff that you're sure to speak on. You learn from your players. and uh, But it was more for us uh, building a, a bond and getting him from the emotional part of the game, controlling his emotions and uh, and playing the game. And, you know, obviously he went on to get drafted. And you, you mentioned some of our other guys that played for us, which – really shows that you have we have an eye for talent like we can identify talent and we can forecast that this talent will eventually get bigger get stronger and have an opportunity to go and play in the nfl and you mentioned a few guys i'm gonna send you the list of guys all from hbcu that either was drafted in the nfl signed as a free agent or was invited to a rookie minute camp. And I think it's 23 guys in total that we did between Alabama State and Virginia State. Four Super Bowl winners. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you did a, a tremendous job, obviously, with that. A, a couple of more thoughts, Coach Barlow, and we really appreciate uh, the time with us here on um, the program. Um, your your guys, I mean, you, you got a game on Sunday against against Seattle. So uh, speak to some of the personnel. Uh, I'm looking at a, 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 your your quarterback, Jay Ta-amu, uh, Ta-tamu, is that how you say his? Uh... Yeah, Jordan Tamu is his name. Yeah. Uh, really good player. Yeah. Uh, played at Ole Miss. He's done a great job this year. In my opinion, he should be player of the year, MVP uh, of the year, uh, just because of the way he's played. He's you know, only lost one game. He shared a lot of time with another quarterback who's D'Eric King, who's out, outstanding as well. 
Uh, we've kind of had this dual quarterback thing, and in most cases, that don't work well. But in our case, it has worked well because those two guys have been raised, right, by their parents, and they're good guys, and they're good teammates. Uh, obviously, um, our running back, Abram Smith, uh, is uh, – I think he, he's leading the the, the league in rushing. Yep. Uh, that's the guy that we drafted with our first pick, um, and he's proven that he was worth all of that uh, defensively. Um, we we got a, a, a D-line guys, a crew of those guys, uh, Devin Bellamy, um, Fadal. I mean, we, we have a lot of good, good players on defense, that linebacker, uh, Bernard Francis. Uh, our corners, Mike Joseph and, uh, and Neil, both of those guys are solid. And uh, we believe that there will be a good bit of our guys that will sign NFL contracts. Uh, at the end of our season. So we're looking forward to that. They've been good for us. Yeah, and then thoughts on uh, the Seattle Dragons and and the challenges that they present. Yeah, Seattle, uh, we have a lot of respect for them. Uh, I think Coach Hazlitt is an outstanding coach. He has June Jones as the offensive coordinator, who we all know that this guy has, you know, been coaching for a long time. Ron Zook is the defensive coordinator who – has a lot of experience on pro level, college level, and then their players. Man, they are aggressive, uh, big, physical football team. They they are really good. They play the game the right way. Uh, we got a lot of respect for them. Uh, it's going to be a huge challenge for us to go and compete against this team. But we're looking forward to it. Our guys have been working hard all week, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Last thought: nine seasons in the National Football League. Uh, winning a championship with the Tampa Bay or the Super Bowl, that is, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you remember most about those days in the league and winning that Super Bowl? Um, well, my time in the NFL was wonderful. I was blessed to play for some great organizations. I had great teammates. I played for great coaches. And honestly, how I coach to this day is because of Tom Coughlin and John Gruden and Houston Mark are my three coaches. Um, but just fun numbers and it's 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 about the relationships that you build it's about the wins that you had uh it's about guys that you're still friends with and stay in contact with um but yeah and then the super bowl i mean it, it doesn't get any better than that to just say that you are one of only a few thousand people who ever won a super bowl and to have that ring to always be able to go to and reflect on that night was magic uh family there Friends, I mean, it was just an amazing time. Uh, talked to Warren Sapp about two or three days ago, and he, we were talking about uh, the Super Bowl and that year, that season, how our defense scored like six touchdowns or some, no, nine touchdowns on defense that year, which is, I mean, how do you do that on defense? But that's why we had Hall of Famers like Derrick Brooks and uh, Warren Sapp and Rondé Barber and all these guys. So uh, just the fun part, fun time in my life. And uh, glad I was able to experience that with that group of guys and that group of coaches. Reggie Barlow, again, the head coach of the D.C. Defenders, going to take on the Seattle Sea Dragons for the Northern Division Championship in the XFL on Sunday. He's also the general manager and head coach as he joins us here on the program. Coach Barlow, great to catch up with you. Good luck to you and the Defenders. Hey, I appreciate you having us on, and uh, I'll take care. Reggie Barlow doing a really good job as the head coach of the D.C. Defenders, getting that opportunity. You heard him say he had a couple of opportunities 
uh, to be an assistant coach in the National Football League just didn't work out. He did a really good job at Alabama State, solid job at Virginia State, now getting an opportunity at the professional level with the XFL, I think will lead, because he played in the league also, was a great offensive mind, coached some really good players, and I think that's going to lead to an opportunity for him to coach in the National Football League and perhaps maybe eventually to become a head coach because he's got head coaching experience at the college level and now at the professional level. Up next here on Box to Row, we've still got plenty to talk about. National Football League draft. Houston Texans really making some moves. Bryce Young goes first overall to the Panthers. And we've got to talk about Lamar Jackson. All of that ahead. Don't go anywhere as Box to Row rolls on. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now. Call 800-507-3116. 800-507-3116. That's 800-507-3116. Are you worried about your taxes? Okay, so I'm talking to those of you out there that have not filed in a few years with the IRS or state. It's time to get worried, and here's why. The IRS is getting back from their own COVID lockdown, and they're hiring more enforcers, and they're going to come after people that owe taxes. So if you're a 1099 worker, and maybe you just plain forgot to file your taxes, you need to call the professionals right now at the tax helpline. They are experts at knowing the tax regulations, and their goal is to help you pay as little as possible. Call right now and get a 100% free tax evaluation. Remember, before the IRS knocks on your door, knock on our door. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, make this free call right now. Call taxes 321 now at 800-797-0891. 800-797-0891. That's 800-797-0891. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. We're back here on Box to Row. You can join the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one Of course, a little bit earlier in the program... We were joined by Reggie Barlow, the head coach of the D.C. Defenders of the XFL. And they're going to play against the Seattle Sea Dragons on Sunday for the Northern Division. Uh, the Northern Division title is on the line. So the NFL draft, you got Bryce Young of Alabama going, going number one. You know, I 
you know, I didn't see enough of Bryce Young this year. I didn't see enough of C.J. Stroud. I didn't really see enough of any of the quarterbacks this year to be able to really judge who would be better at the pro level. I mean, I think the Panthers made the pick. I mean, obviously they they, they felt great about Bryce Young. I mean, I, I now in watching some highlights, boy, C.J. Stroud really looks good. He's a you know a bigger kid, but you know Bryce Young much more elusive. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, time will tell. But, I mean, you couldn't go wrong, I think, either way. I really like what the Houston Texans did. Not only to select C.J. Stroud, but then also to move up to select Will Anderson. D'Amico Ryan's taken over uh, as the head coach of the Texans, and uh, they obviously needed a quarterback, but he being a defensive-minded coach uh, went up to get uh, a, a true edge rusher and a really really good one for a couple of years at Alabama in Will Anderson I like the pick by the Colts to take Anthony Richardson I mean I think that was a really good move so um, you know the draft is still going on you're going to have some picks in these later rounds that are going to turn out to be uh, good players it, it generally happens in the draft and but you know I think two things we, we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and 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 the uh, and the trade and Aaron Rodgers uh, finally, finally in a Jets uniform that bodes well for the Jets. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson and him getting paid by the Ravens. And uh, this is you know, I mean I, I I just don't I got it like I get it with the Ravens. I get what the Ravens did, letting him go out. You know, franchise tagging him, uh, letting him go out and and feel the market out. And yeah, the market wasn't really biting, but I think that even though the market wasn't biting, it doesn't mean or didn't mean that Jackson wasn't worth the money. He wasn't worth getting paid. Now, if I'm the Ravens, I can totally understand not paying him what Deshaun Watson got. Like I get it. I wouldn't, I would not do that either. A fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract at $230 million. But what Jackson does get is five years, $260 million. He also, and a half million dollars, he also gets a signing bonus of $180 million. So that's more than uh, Murray got from the uh, Cardinals. It's more uh, than Wilson got from the Broncos. So you're, 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 you've gotten the highest guarantee in terms of from a quarterback, I mean, of those quarterbacks, in terms of a quarterback stand from a quarterback standpoint, um, your his deal eclipsed the deal of Jalen Hurts, which happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so he it, it, he wins, you know, he wins in all of those aspects. Now, you know, you've got in the Aaron Rodgers deal that's out there. Although, I mean, again, we're talking about if you're at five years and two sixty. So you're talking about 50, what are you talking about? Uh, 52 million a year. Um, but again, 180 million guaranteed. So if you hit all of the marks, you get the 250 million in five years and he's still up for another contract in his early 30s. So, you know, I think I, I the what the Ravens did initially, I was okay with in, in terms of seeing if other teams would make offers and then the Ravens could match or not and give up two first-round picks. But listen, if the Ravens don't have 
Lamar Jackson as the quarterback, the Ravens are much are, are much of nothing. Okay, you can try to start over and all of those. I mean, they got a solid defense, uh, but we we've seen what a solid defense and no quarterback gets you in the National Football League. I, just look at the New York Jets. Not no quarterback last year. Very good defense. Still still did not make the playoffs. So if you're the Ravens, you had to get this done. And I think the 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 hundred you know the hundred and eighty million is is good. Um and you know I I look at it like it doesn't eclipse you know Mahomes' contract he's probably underpaid. But if Patrick Mahomes hits all of his benchmarks, he would have gotten almost a half a billion dollars in salary, okay? But the thing about this contract with Lamar Jackson, it's in excess of a quarter of a billion. Uh, almost uh, 180 of that is guaranteed. And again, again, when he's in his early 30s, he's going to be looking at another big contract because after that, the, the Joe Burrow contract, the the Justin Herbert contract, those contracts will get done. So we're just talking about these quarterback contracts going up and up and up. And by the way, let's say a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson, these guys have success. Well, in, 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 in all, their contracts will also be up the same time Lamar Jackson's contract is up. And we'll see where, you know, how well these guys do and where quarterback contracts are at that time I mean the quarterback contracts just continue to go up and up and up and if you if Lamar Jackson got what he got so what do you think Joe Burrow you know what do you think uh you know Burrow and 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 Justin Herbert uh, are going to get in and again if I look at Burrow I mean Burrow doesn't have an MVP as of yet but I mean he was a drive away from leading the Bengals to the Super Bowl so he's a he's a he's proven what he can do, uh, you know, Justin uh, Herbert had a, re- you know, Herbert has all the physical tools and he's done some good things, finally helping to lead the Chargers to the playoffs, although they, I mean, they just absolutely blew it. But, you know, I, it, uh, Joe Burrow's going to get paid. Herbert will get paid, not as much as, as Joe Burrow. And then again, what what will happen with Lamar Jackson now? I mean, he's got, He's got a couple of weapons on offense now. The defense is good. You know, if he can stay healthy. You know, now, like we're talking about the Jets. No, we're, we're the Ravens are, well, the Ravens, I think, were already above the Jets. I think it was just a matter of time in terms of when this Lamar Jackson contract was going to get done. And it def, it got done. And so now the Ravens are in the position. But, but, but you know, Lamar, hopefully, it's going to be able to stay healthy. But I'm happy for him. I mean, I, I thought all along he should have gotten paid. Not what, again, Deshaun Watson got paid, but uh, good for him, good for the Ravens. You know, he's very he's needed in that town. I mean, Baltimore's a small market. So, you know, you got it. And that fan base is a good fan base. I mean, they're going to cheer for that team. They're going to support that team regardless of, I mean, you know, they, they've been good. So they're going to support that team. But now that you have... Jackson is more notoriety. It's more jersey sales. It's all of those things uh, that come along with signing a quarterback of this magnitude. So I think it was an absolutely um, tremendous move by both for Lamar Jackson to accept 
the contract, 260, 180 guaranteed. Uh, it's bigger than the contract that Jalen Hurts just just got, and uh, it's more guaranteed money uh, than the, than Hurts, than you know, than Murray, uh, than Wilson. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W. NBA playoffs. Um, you know, again, I mean, you know, I look at the Knicks. I mean, I look at the 76ers and, you know, I mean, just, you know, it was not much of not much of a contest um, against the Nets. Um, but these playoffs are really they're really compelling. You know, we, we looked at the Warriors and everybody thought that the Warriors were count were, were, were it really counted the Warriors out after after not only losing the first two games, but then having to go on the road where the Warriors have been abysmal and not having Draymond Murray, uh, I mean, um, <laughs> Draymond, Draymond Green for game three and what ultimately happened. The Warriors got that game and, and, and now the Warriors are in the position that the Warriors are in. So, um, you know, you look at that, um, to be able to come back and get it to to where the Warriors are, I think really speaks to to that team. You know, Andrew Wiggins coming back has been really key. I mean, it's an older team. I didn't, I don't know that they can make it to the NBA Finals. I'm not sure, but anything can happen. Plus, they're the defending champs, and they're they're you know they're 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 right there. So we'll we'll see, um, you know, we'll see where what what really happens with the Warriors and if the Warriors are able to defend, um, to really be able to defend their championship. You know, we look at Jimmy Butler. I mean, do we do we think he's one of the elite-level players in the NBA? I mean, not generally speaking, but when, it, when the game is on the line, it's crunch time, he gets it done. Now, yeah, he may have pushed off to tie that game and to send it into overtime against the Bucs on Wednesday. I think, yeah, he pushed off. But they didn't call it. He made the shot. You know, what would, would he have 56 points the game before? He had 42 or whatever it was in that game. I mean, that guy just plays big when the game is on the line. I mean, look at what he was able to do in the bubble. And who would have thought the Heat would have, A, been in the championship game or in the finals in the bubble? And, B, who would have thought the the Heat would have been in the second round. I mean, again, I don't look at it as a major upset just because it's 8-1. But the the Heat, you know, I looked at that, you know, they did lose that first play-in game. And to be able to get to this point, and with a real opportunity, I, you know, Knicks, Heat, who wins? I don't know. I, 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 I would tend to lean with the Heat. But we'll see how things play out. I can't count the Knicks out. The Knicks have done well. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Reggie Barlow for joining us today here on Box to Row. For more information on the program, if you've missed any of our shows, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, and listen to previous shows you may have missed. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Like children, when 
Hear me on your fucking fire.